listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, Share the broadcast because we're going to launch into something today that is extremely important and has been um, irritating me, to say the least. And so we're going to have a mini, just a, just a mini rant session. It's going to be good. Nobody's going to lose their minds, uh, hopefully. But, hey, Jackie Blake, Nicole Powell, so good to have you on. Uh, needs to be said. It does need to be said. Lilia Petty is in the house. So if you share it, share it with a comment and write, uh-oh, Ted's about to rant, because it is going to be a little bit of a rant. Um, if you got your Bible, you can start by opening it to Zechariah chapter four, Zechariah chapter four. Um, we'll start there. Hey, Christy, AJ, love you. Ted rants are better than Ted talks. Thank you. Uh, my friend, Jonathan Farias, one of the greatest guitar players that's ever walked the face of the earth. That's a large order, but I love the man. Um, we're going to deal with this subject. You've been misdiagnosed. We're going to talk about that today. Say, what in the world does that mean? I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it in just a minute. And we're going to talk about the stupidity that has been just drifting around the body of Christ, freely flowing. The stupidity is freely flowing, everybody. And, uh, we've seen the results of it and I'm going to deal with it. We're starting in Zechariah chapter four. Um, Ninja Buddha, this is really your first time. I thought I saw you yesterday. Wasn't, weren't, you, weren't you on yesterday? Maybe it's your first time for a full broadcast. Um, I'm not, oh, tomorrow we've got brand new kids videos. Hey, I got to be on with my daughter and we did three Miracle Word Kids videos together and we're doing a three-part series on giving. We want the kids to understand the importance and the difference between tithing, giving, and blessing the poor, as the Bible instructs us to do. Last week was our first together. Tomorrow, we're dropping a brand new one on giving. Don't want to miss it. Get it in our app. If you download our free app, you'll get access to every television broadcast that's, uh, that's live, uh, that we've aired around the world. And you'll get access to all the Miracle Word Kids content, all custom content. We have a blog that's up now. We've got Miracle Word Radio that's up 24-7. Everything we've got is all located in one app. Grab it and you will enjoy it. Uh, Uchenna, the stupidity is freely flowing. That's right. Hey, Phineas, watching from Zambia. Glad you're on. Put it in the comments today. The stupidity is freely flowing. And I'm going to explain why and how uh, in just a few seconds. We're in Zechariah chapter four. (laughs) First comment of the day, the stupidity is freely flowing. I should make a shirt (laughs) that we can just wear. Great to see the hookers are logging on. Um, The stupidity is freely flowing and it's happening all over the body of Christ. So I hope you've got you something good to drink because we're getting ready to go in. The stupidity is freely flowing. Um, Zechariah chapter four is where we're starting. I want to read you one verse of scripture not taking it out of context, I want you to understand the principle or the, um, 
the, the, the wisdom that's behind this verse. It's Zechariah chapter four and verse six, well-known verse to many of you. Uh, the Bible says, then he said to me, and this is an angel who was talking to Zerubbabel. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we're starting there because I want you to understand right off the bat that when God does things, and this, by the way, is in an Old Testament context. It's an Old Testament context. This is not for, uh, you know, written to believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit. This is even in an Old Testament context that anything of value that's done, of course, Zerubbabel, if you don't know the story, he was given the task of rebuilding the temple. That was his task, rebuilding the temple. And um, it's important to understand that anything of value is done in the Christian life anyway, by the power of the spirit of God. Uh, I like what Psalm 127 and verse one says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So anything of value, anything that lasts is done by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of God and the believer. And so two things I want to deal with today, uh, when I said you've been misdiagnosed, let me talk about this. Two avenues that I want you to uh, see. Number one, we've got, and this, this is such an important distinction, please get it. We've got on one hand natural problems that we try to spiritualize. And the verse is Zechariah 4, 6. On one hand, we've got natural problems that we try to spiritualize. On the other hand, we've got spiritual problems that we try to naturalize. I'm going to say that again because this is a distinction every Christian, every Christian needs to understand very clearly. Number one, we've got natural problems that we try to spiritualize. And then we have spiritual problems that we try to naturalize. And I'm going to break down what these two things mean and then show you what the word of God says, because this is happening all over America and all over the world in the body of Christ. We've got, once again, natural problems that we try to spiritualize. And then we've got spiritual problems that we try to naturalize. Okay. So what happens with those two things? Well, when we've got natural problems that we try to spiritualize, we keep trying to give spiritual answers to a problem that's natural. It doesn't need a spiritual answer. It needs a natural answer. I'll explain it in a minute. And then on the other hand, we have spiritual problems that we try to naturalize. So what do we do? We try to keep throwing natural solutions at spiritual problems 
and they're not solved. They don't get solved. And so this is so important for us to understand as Christians. We've got natural problems that we try to give spiritual answers to and they, they persist. And then we've got spiritual problems that we try to give natural answers to and they persist. And so the problems aren't getting solved because people are trying to administer the wrong answers. It's happening all over America and around the world, all over the place. I'll break it down. Don't worry. But that's why I read to you Zechariah 4, 6 to begin. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And so I want to, I'm not going to focus as much on the natural problems that we try to give spiritual answers to because I, in some, I, at some level I did that yesterday, but I will go over it. But I want to spend more of my time going over what we're seeing on social media and around the world in churches. We've got spiritual problems and people are trying to give them natural answers and the spiritual problems persist. They persist. Okay. So, so let's break this down then for those that are, that are jumping on. We're talking about misdiagnosing problems. That's why I wrote caution. You've been misdiagnosed. Why? Because if you've got a spiritual problem and people keep telling you it's a natural problem, you're misdiagnosing it. And and that's why it's persisting. Okay. Same, same thing on the other side. If you've got a natural problem and people keep trying to spiritualize it, the problem persists. It persists, right? And as a result, you're, you're frustrated. And so you have to understand what's needed in any given situation. I've been doing a lot. So let me, let me deal with this side first, because I'm not going to really teach on that as much today because it does irritate me, but not as much as the other one. I mean, it should, I'm sure, but not as much as the other one, because I'm seeing far more of it on the other side, but let me deal first and put number and put number one, throwing spiritual answers at natural problems. I want you to put that as number one. Number one, throwing spiritual answers at natural problems. That's number one we're talking about dealing with right now. Throwing spiritual answers at natural problems. Okay, we dealt with this a little bit yesterday. One of the things I've been studying a lot about uh, is what it is that's making America so sick. And America is sick at large. America's sick at large. The majority of people who are in hospitals are being treated for something called metabolic syndrome. Uh, A third of Americans have diabetes, heart diseases on the rise, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of these things. And what they're finding out is that all of these issues could be solved simply by discipline in the diet. That's it. I mean, it's that simple. I'm reading several books on it by doctors right now. One of the things that's mind blowing is, you know, we've talked about it on the broadcast. We've just, if we just cut out uh, sugar and carbs, and if we would eat things that are natural, we would heal ourselves. All of these issues, type two diabetes, insulin resistance, high blood pressure, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancers, all of these different things would be literally eradicated from people's lives 
if they would just use wisdom. We dealt with this yesterday because we were, yesterday's broadcast, we talked about if God's so good, why are Christians sick? Well, one of the reasons Christians are sick is because many of us are not using wisdom, even in our our eating. We don't treat the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, properly. And so one of the things that you can clearly see is that there are people who keep on getting into prayer lines. And there's nothing wrong with getting into prayer lines. The Bible commands us to do it. We're supposed to call upon the elders of the church and they will lay their hands on us, anoint us with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord uh, will raise us up. You can literally eat your way into health and many people are not doing that. But I want you to see that the prayer lines are much longer because people don't use wisdom. You know, as a man of God, I see my father on as a man of God, he's been doing this for over 40 years. I'm sure at some point you have to start to ask the Lord for compassion for people because you begin to realize that many of the issues that people need prayer for are being caused by themselves and not a demon spirit. Now there, there, there is plenty of sickness and disease caused by demon spirits. As I said yesterday, as my father's taught for years, one out of every three people Jesus ministered to in the gospels, he had to deal with a spirit before he could get them healed or delivered. And so, yes, there's a spirit of infirmity. Yes, the devil is behind sickness and disease. Yes, there are things that are caused by evil spirits. That's why yesterday, one of the things I talked about was that you've got to have power over evil spirits and enforce that power. But a lot of the things that people are dealing with, they're dealing with because of a lack of wisdom. And we've seen so many things like that. Well, if all you do is try to attribute those things to, well, that's the devil attacking me. It's the devil attacking me. Well, the problem is, is that if you think the answer to certain things is getting a a power over the devil, it's like I, I gave you the analogy yesterday. Imagine me saying, God, heal this thumb, heal this thumb. And then every day I go out to the shed, get my hammer and smash the thumb on the work table and then come back and say, Lord, heal this thumb. And then people say, what's wrong with your thumb? Say, well, the devil's been attacking it. And then I I go back every morning to the shed. Oh, Lord, heal this thumb. Take the hammer out and smash the thumb again. Oh, God, heal this thumb. Heal this thumb. People come by. What's wrong with the thumb? Oh, it's an attack of the enemy. It's not an attack of the enemy. I'm not using wisdom. I'm smashing my thumb. So I can pray until I'm blue in the face. But if I keep smashing the thumb, then the problem persists because it takes natural wisdom in certain areas, God's given us natural wisdom. We don't say uh, that it's because of us. It's the Lord who's given us wisdom. In fact, the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men and women liberally and will not rebuke them for asking James one five. And so you start to realize God wants us to have wisdom, not just supernatural wisdom, but natural wisdom. And there are things we can do Uh, to take care of the temple of the Holy spirit that will keep us in a place. You know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing how many things, how many things uh, that they're discovering now are just linked to irresponsibility in our own diets. Uh, And and it is, it is amazing, but we try to throw spiritual answers at that and never correct the natural wisdom. 
And as a result, the problem persists. The problem persists. And then what, what happens? Then people start changing their theology. Oh, well, I guess it's just not God's will that everybody be healed. I guess it's just, I guess it's God's will that not everybody receive a miracle. No, that's not the, that's not the case at all. It's that you just can't keep smashing the temple of the Holy Spirit and then asking God to fix the problem and then smash it again and then smash it again. One of the greatest testimonies that I've heard, I was at a minister's meeting and I was there on a morning service and Pastor Mac Hammond from Minnesota was ministering in the morning service and he gave us his testimony. And Pastor Mac said, I went to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed me with cancer and he had cancer. And he said, I began to pray and say, Lord, heal me of this cancer. Heal me of this cancer. And this is before, this was years ago. So before any of these studies that were linking it were even out yet. And uh, the Lord spoke back to brother Mac Hammond. And he said to him, I'm going to heal you. But after I heal you, I want you to cut sugar completely out of your diet. That's what he, that's what the Lord told brother Mac Hammond. He didn't read that in some uh, book from Barnes and Noble or, or hear some doctor say it. He heard the Holy ghost say it to him. Well, that's divine wisdom because now as we go forward in time, uh, decades and decades later, we know all of the links that we're finding between refined sugars and cancers and that they're basically like food for cancer cells. Well, the Lord told him this decades ago and said, I'm going to heal you. But after I heal you, I want you to cut sugar completely out of your diet. He said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And the Lord healed his body of cancer. And then he obeyed and did what the Lord told him to do, which is wisdom from heaven and cut that thing out of his diet. And of course, now still living, still ministering, still strong, doing what the Lord's called him to do. So there are things you can do in wisdom that will uh, guard and protect the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then there's things that you can do that will destroy the temple of the Holy Spirit. But don't blame it on the devil because the devil didn't put Krispy Kreme in your mouth. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And so you, you got to realize that there are steps of natural wisdom. And what we've done, because people sometimes, especially Pentecostals, they will use the Holy Spirit's power and his leading as an excuse to not be responsible, to not be responsible. I've seen this with churches. I've watched this happen in churches where, you know, rather than uh, have any kind of plan whatsoever, they don't plan, they don't budget, they don't even have a, a system to follow up on new believers. And you know what their excuse is? Oh, we, we let the Holy Ghost move here. We don't have any plans because we let the Holy Ghost move. Oh yeah. We don't have a budget. The Holy, if he, if the Holy Ghost said he'll provide, oh, he'll provide if he said he's going to, and then, oh yeah, we don't follow up on the believers because the whole, if they're meant to be at our church, the Holy Spirit will bring them back. All stupid. The stupid, uh, once again, put it in the comments. The stupidity is freely flowing. The stupidity is freely flowing in America and around the world. It's very true. The stupidity is freely flowing. <laughs> and it's true. And the Bible teaches planning. And the Bible teaches budgeting. And the Bible teaches discipleship. 
So all of those things are false. It's laziness many times on the part of those that are supposed to be doing the work. And then they say, well, if they didn't come back, I guess it's God. Well, I guess if this, I guess we don't have enough money. God's saying that, you know, he doesn't want us to abound. We've learned how to go without. No, that's not the case at all. Who starts a project without counting the cost? The Bible says. Otherwise, after having laid the foundation and has no money to complete it, others will point and laugh and say that he began and doesn't have the resources to finish. See what I mean? We have this issue where many times we take a, a natural problem and we try to throw supernatural answers at it. It doesn't require supernatural answers. It requires a natural answer. You understand? If I go <laughs> and my car starts you know, if I got all these problems with my engine and then somebody comes in and says, dude, it's been, you know, you haven't changed your oil in 50,000 miles. I don't know if your car would even drive. Say, so, yeah, well, you know, I'm just believing. I've dedicated this car to the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm just believing he's going to take care of this vehicle because I've dedicated it to him. No, you've got a problem because you're not even using wisdom. When you could go and do something and use wisdom that would take care of the issue, you don't lay hands on your car and pray in the Holy Ghost and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even though I haven't put oil in this car for 50,000 miles, I thank you that your power right now, the oil of the Holy Ghost is flowing. through. No, you don't have to do that. Just go down to the end of the street and get some oil in the vehicle. It's a natural issue. Just use wisdom. Just use wisdom. If your car breaks down, don't go to church and be like, I got a, I got a prayer request for the devil's been coming after my car this week and the devil's been attacking the oil system of my car. No, he just haven't put any in. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with anointing your car and dedicating it to the Lord and all that. And same with your house and all that. It's fine. But I'm saying if there's a problem, fix the problem. <laughs> just fix it. You know, and we, we have this. And I'm, I'm giving you ridiculous scenarios, but these things are happening in America and around the world in the body of Christ because we're spiritualizing natural issues, things that just take wisdom. They just take wisdom. If you didn't pay your mortgage payment and the mortgage company called you and put, started tacking late fees on and all this other stuff, would you raise your hand in church and say, folks, I need you to pray. The mortgage company's being inspired by the devil and is attacking my finances. No. You just didn't pay your mortgage payment. And so you signed a contract that said that if you didn't, they could tack late fees on. And that's not the devil attacking your finances. See what I mean? So we do that with finances. Oh, pray for me. The devil's been attacking me. Meanwhile, people spend all they have. They put a ton of money on credit cards because they, they have no patience and they spend all they have and then they overspend. And then they don't have any money and they're going paycheck to paycheck. They live beyond their means instead of below their means. And they say, oh, the devil's been attacking my finances. He's not attacking your finances. You're just doing something that the Bible says not to do and suffering the consequences of it. Now, I will not, I'm not saying that God uh, doesn't have a, an answer for you if you've gotten yourself into trouble. If you've made bad choices, if you've had those issues, I'm not saying God won't help you because you got into it. Listen, if God didn't help us out of things we got ourselves into, we'd never get any help. <laughs> we'd never get any help. And so 
Yes, God can help you. And yes, there are miracles and signs and wonders available. The supernatural power of God is available, but God wants us to walk in wisdom. So I look at that story like of Pastor Mac Hammond, where the Lord said, yes, I'll heal you, but I also want you to take a step of wisdom. Both work together to not only bring him into health, but to keep him in a place of health. And so I don't want, I don't want to focus the whole broadcast on that because that's something that we understand. And I'm sure I, I would hope that if you have natural sense, then you would understand that you don't want to, uh, always try to throw supernatural answers at a natural problem. Just f- use wisdom and fix it. But the part I want to focus more on today is the other side of the coin where you really do have a spiritual problem, a spiritual attack against your life, an issue. And you keep on trying to throw natural answers at it, natural answers, natural answers, and it persists. And the reason it persists is because if you've got a spiritual problem, then it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You've got to have the power of God at work in your life. You've got to have supernatural assistance or you've got to walk in supernatural power and supernatural uh, understanding to see these things changed. Let me tell you, the woman in the Bible, Luke chapter 13, who had a spirit of infirmity that she'd been battling for 18 years, it doesn't matter how many natural solutions you try to throw at it, She's dealing with a spirit of infirmity and the spirit needs to be cast out. She needed a miracle from Jesus. Doesn't matter how much uh, you, I mean, for example, look at the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five. Here's a woman. All right, let's break it down. Here's a woman who for 12 years, this is a chronic problem now for 12 years, had been battling an issue of blood, internal hemorrhaging, bleeding. And the Bible goes on to tell us that she had done all she could naturally, right? She'd spent every bit of her money on medical care. Uh, Let let me turn there. You turn with me, Mark 5. Because I want to make this point. Here's a woman who natural solutions did nothing, nothing for her problem. She was a woman that had this issue. And 12 years, I'm in Matthew 5, or Mark 5, and um, verse 25. Mark 5, 25. That's where I'm starting. Mark 5, 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. So right there, you can see it wasn't a few days. It's been going on for over a decade, over a decade. And who had suffered much under many physicians, not just one doctor, many doctors, many doctors, and had spent all that she had, but she didn't get any better. And in fact, she grew worse. So that's Mark 5, 25 and 26. 
Look at that. Here's a woman who had a spiritual issue, spent every bit of her money on medical care. Many doctors saw her. She didn't get any better. She got worse. She needed a touch from Jesus. She needed a touch from Jesus. Same with the woman in Luke 13, a spirit of infirmity for almost two decades. She needed a touch from Jesus. Same with Mark five with the man who's battling a legion of demons in the graveyards. He's out there. He's not getting any help. Nobody's bringing, no, nobody's bringing him help. They tried to even, you know what they tried to do? Here was their natural answer. Chain him up. That was their natural answer in that region of the gatherings. Chain him up. He's violent and demon possessed. Chain him up. That was man's natural solution. Bind him. You know what today, you know what that would be today? If, if you, if you uh, brought it into 2021, put him in a straight jacket. And put him in a padded room. Put him in a straitjacket and put him in a padded room. That's what they would do today if you had this same guy do it. And that's what they've done to many people. Let me just tell you something. Many people, many, I don't mean some, I'm talking about the majority of people that are in mental institutions are battling a demon of some kind. <laughs> if you don't know that, just visit one sometime and see what kind of discernment your spirit has as you walk through the place. I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't let you walk through the place, but you understand what I'm saying? Many of these people are battling a spirit. This man right here, if we brought this into 2021, they'd have thrown him in a straitjacket, put him in a padded room, and put him, on, put him on psychotropic drugs. That's exactly what they'd done. They would have made him a zombie like they've done with many other people in our generation because they don't have any spiritual understanding. They make everything a natural problem. It's all a natural problem. Depression's a a, a chemical imbalance in the brain. You know, all these things, it's an issue. If you've got got, uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, if you've got uh, suicidal thoughts, if you're going, if you're chronically depressed, has to be something your parents did to you. Freudian theories has to be something with your father, you know, all the, all these different things. It's a natural problem. It's a chemical imbalance. So everything today is if you've got a problem, we're going to throw natural solutions at it. And Christians have swallowed this hook, line and sinker. Think about it. Christians have swallowed this crap hook, line and sinker. I'm going to text you a picture, Tiff, to put up on the broadcast. If you can get it up. And this is like being promoted. And Christians have swallowed this junk. Hook, line, and sinker. They believe it wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. It's a natural problem. Yeah, it's a natural problem. And they, they, they do it in every single arena. Alcoholic, drug addict, whatever. I mean, whatever it is, all these different things. Oh yeah. Hi, my name's Ted and I'm a recovering alcoholic. Hi, hi Ted. 
sitting around in the Presbyterian church basement having group meetings. And they keep you in the understanding that you have a problem for the rest of your life. Why are you sitting there 15 years later telling everybody you're a recovering alcoholic or that you're an alcoholic? You haven't had a drop of alcohol in 15 years. When are you just going to be free? I don't know if you have a way to zoom it in. Yeah, so, so they can just see like, no, no, like zoom it in, Tiff, so they can just see like the whole thing. Like spread it out like they, like spread the top out so that blank space is gone. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. When are you going to be free? You know what I'm saying? Like when are you going to uh, be able to say, yeah, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Yeah, I'm not a drug addict anymore. When are you going to be able to do that? How many years do you have to be free before you say that? And it's become, it's become a common belief system within the body of Christ that we need to take these spiritual issues and we need to uh, naturalize them. Yeah, the ma- managing demons, medicating demons. All you're doing is dumbing down somebody's walking around like zombies. This is on social media. I want you to put it up. This is social media. This is a, a cool, hip social media post. It's normal to have Jesus and a therapist. Leave that up. What a bunch of crap. How stupid can people be and still breathe? It's normal to have Jesus and a therapist. And you got Holy Ghost people saying this stuff. You've got Holy Ghost filled preachers saying this stuff from their pulpits, preaching on it. Stupid. It's stupid. Come back to me. So what are we talking about? They are naturalizing spiritual problems. If you, let me, let me just say something to you. If you're a Christian and you've been attacked with depression and you think that the answer is that you need an antidepressant or you think that the answer is therapy or you think that the answer is somehow, uh, I mean, that's what what they're pushing on people. You don't understand the word of God. You don't understand it. Furthermore, you don't understand the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's pretty harsh, Brother Ted. That's pretty harsh that you'd say that to people that are truly suffering. I'm not telling you I don't have compassion for their suffering. I'm telling them that if you don't understand the word of God, And if you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, you will think that that's the way you have to get relief through drugs and therapists, drugs and therapists. There's people that are Christians. This blows my mind. And here we are, we have churches where there's no power. I'm sure people will watch this and think I'm totally off, but I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I've watched people be delivered from depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety attacks and panic attacks and living like that. I've operated in the Holy Ghost. I know how this works. I've grown up in this and I've watched deliverance. I know how it takes place. You can medicate a spirit if you want to. You can zombify people if you want to. You can sit a person in a room, sit around talking to them, 
going to therapy if you want to, but watch as the problem persists. Watch as the problem persists because it's not what the Bible teaches. What's the point? Let me ask you a question. What's the point in Jesus sending you a comforter and then you not using the comforter that Jesus sends? Why don't you just go up into heaven and slap him in the face while he's sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father? Stupidity is freely flowing. And people are posting this. People are preaching it from their pulpits. Preaching it from their pulpits. Encouraging people, yeah, you need to go to therapy. There's Christians that actually think that whether you have any problems or not, that you, I saw recently, whether you uh, have any problems or not, everyone should go to therapy. Really? Really? Everyone should go to therapy. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. What's the point of the Holy Ghost, in your opinion? What do you think he's here to do? I'll read it to you, if you'd like me to read it to you. Gospel of John. Everyone should go to therapy. Really? Let's go to... um, Let's go to um, Gospel of John, chapter 14. Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15, we'll start there. If you love me, Jesus said, you'll keep my commandments. Let me just say, one of the reasons that people aren't happy is because they've got sin in their life. And if you've got sin in your life, one of the things that'll help, that'll keep you from happiness is that you have constant either conviction or condemnation. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the father, by the way, as I'm reading this, all of this has already happened on the day of Pentecost. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. That word helper there, if you look at the original, it's advocate. One says counselor. It's translated counselor. I'll send you a counselor. There's people that are always going to Christian counselors every week. I've got an appointment with my Christian counselor. You've got a counselor living on the inside of you. He'll be with you forever, Jesus said. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now let's go over to 16, John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth for he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll declare to you things that are to come. So if you have an issue with your self image where you don't, uh, you have a hard time with confidence security, if you have a hard time believing you have worth or value, then there's two things that are not happening for you. Maybe three. 
but they can be combined. Number one, you're not depending upon the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth because what you're believing is a lie that you're not, that you don't have value and that you don't have worth. That's a lie. You're the most valuable uh, entity that there is because the Holy Spirit lives in you and Jesus paid for you with his blood. You couldn't get more valuable than that. And so if you have an issue with self-worth, you don't need counseling. What you need is the ability to be led by the spirit. And if you go to a dead, dry church where they preach a bunch of pablum and it's literally just surface level series that bring entertainment, but bring no doctrinal truths, you need to move on and go to a church where the Holy Ghost is moving. I did a broadcast called five signs that it's time to leave your church. I'm sure Tiffany will find the number. I don't know what it is. (laughs) You don't have to, if you don't, if you can't find it quickly, but five signs that it's time to leave your church. If you're not, if the Holy ghost isn't moving, if they're not preaching the full gospel, move on. People wonder why they're so, I blame, I blame preachers in the pulpits for preaching a bunch of wasted time material. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even attend that church. What a waste of my life. What a waste of my children's lives, raising them up in a dead, dry church. So you're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then number two, you're not fully either understanding or you're just not even reading the word of God. Because let me show you what the Bible says about itself. Listen to this very carefully. Second Timothy three, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. Listen to me, that the man of God, the messenger of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let me just give you a heads up. If you're battling chronic depression, you're not equipped for every good work because you're a weak worker because it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. Oh, I did seven signs. Wow. I was really on top of it. Seven signs. It's time to leave your church and it's podcast, uh, that was posted on June 2nd. Is that right? June 2nd. So here it is coming up in the comments for everybody. Seven signs that it's time to leave your church posted on June 2nd on the podcast. You need to listen to it. If you're in a dead, dry church, guess what? You're going to get that kind of teaching, preaching. Holy Ghost is not moving. And the Bible teaches that if you'll fill yourself with it, then guess what will happen? It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. And the man of God, that includes the women of God, will be complete and equipped for every good work. So don't tell me that you need a therapist and that we all need therapists. I don't need a therapist. I'm not depressed. I'm not anxious. I'm not panicking. I have no suicidal thoughts. I'm not mentally unstable. I'm not insecure. Tell people everybody needs a therapist. Everybody doesn't need a therapist. Everybody doesn't need a therapist and Holy Ghost Christians shouldn't need a therapist. 
and for preachers to tell them they do is a slap in the face to the operation and the work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. This is part of the reason I wrote Praise, Laugh, Repeat. My very first book that I ever released, this was so in my spirit that I couldn't get past it. And I was so tired of seeing young people at the altar with cut marks up and down their arms because they're so depressed they're ready to kill themselves. I said, Lord, we cannot have this in our generation. So I began to fast and pray and I said, show me what it's going to take for people to walk in overwhelming joy. And that's what that first book is. If you don't have it, you can get it. It's everywhere. Praise, laugh, repeat. Living in the power of overwhelming joy. It's the yellow one you see on the screen right now. You can get it on our website. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Apple Books. You can have it right now. I think we even discounted the ebook to $4.99 so people could get a hold of it. Because here's the thing. There is a Bible way to walk in overflowing joy, overwhelming joy. And if people aren't willing to do it, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit won't do it. So yeah, push your Bible to the side and go get a therapist. I mean, think about this. If the, av- if the average Christian goes to church once every five weeks, which they do, once every five weeks, that's how dedicated they are to the kingdom, then how often do you think that every Christian reads their Bible? How often do you think every Christian reads their Bible? I did a study on this. We talked about it. I put it on the broadcast. There are people, there's a, there's a small group of people that will read their Bible every day. There's a larger group of people that read their Bible once a week. There's a larger group of people that read it once a month and some people never read it. So don't tell me that, you know, you're willing to, it blows my mind. People are willing to drop all this money, spend all this time. They're not even faithful to church. They don't pick up their Bible and fill themselves with it. They don't pray. The average Christian prays five minutes a day. They don't pray and they don't pray in the Holy Ghost. So don't tell me you're interested in in having a turnaround in your life. You don't even do the basic things. You just keep throwing natural solutions at a spiritual problem. Guess what? It's going to persist. It's going to persist. And this is what people have done all through the body of Christ and around the world. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm blown away. Because there are ways from scripture to come out, come out of that problem. Stop medicating yourself all the time. Side note, I am not a physician. This program should not be taken as medical advice. I have no medical training and I am not instructing anybody in or with medical knowledge or medical advice but I am giving you biblical knowledge. Your doctor will see it. You go back, you operate in these spiritual principles. He'll take you off the medication. Your doctor will take you off of the medication. Say, Hey, you don't seem to need this anymore. Everything's unless they're crooked and controlled by lobbyists. 
and the pharmaceutical companies that are basically whining and dining them just to get them to prescribe every freaking medication that they can, which is what's happening in hospitals, by the way. That's why metabolic syndrome, the one of the biggest things that's in hospitals right now, high triglyceride levels, high uh, sugar in the blood, insulin resistance, obesity, uh, high blood pressure, hypertension, all these things, all these things that are happening could all be solved by discipline in your diet, but they're not going to give you that. They're going to prescribe you medications. Why? It's not financially uh, beneficial to the hospital to tell you to go and stop eating sugar. You know what they're going to do? They're going to prescribe you all these different drugs, and then one drug causes side effects, that, so you need another drug, which causes side effects, so you need another drug. And I had somebody in our meeting that got healed, totally healed, brought in a Ziploc bag, was on 38 medications, 38 if they can put, and, and they know you're not paying for it. They know your insurance company is. Have you ever seen the difference when you pay cash at a hospital versus when an insurance company pays for something? Have you ever seen the price difference of when an insurance company pays the bill or if you have to work with the doctor personally and pay it out of your own pocket? It's a massive difference. It's a massive difference. You know, when you go, when your insurance company is covering your, your wife giving birth and you look at the thing that the insurance company is paying, you know, when they bring your, your little new, newborn baby a diaper and you see it's like $40 on the insurance bill for a diaper, you know, they're getting their money because they know the insurance companies have the money and it's a money machine. Hospitals are money machines. Pharmaceutical industry, it's a money machine. Why do you think they're taking doctors and all these people on cruises and dinners and giving them gifts and all this stuff? They're lobbying them to prescribe their medication. Doctors get commissioned. The more they prescribe, the more they get. It's ridiculous. So do you think it's in their best interest to tell you to exercise and stay off sugar and to eat more fats? And, you know, they're not going to tell you that. And so, you know what, we can see that you really need this, you know, and then they sit you there and before you know it, you're like that precious woman that got delivered who was on 38 medications. So next thing you know, it's demonic pumping people full of drugs. It's demonic. We got kids going to school, pumped full of drugs in elementary school, pumped full of drugs, middle school, pumped full of drugs. It's demonic because people don't understand what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. And I understand there might be people that watch this later or, you know, what listen on the podcast, they get mad at me. There might be people that like bash me because I'm, they think I'm insensitive or they think I don't understand or uh, you don't truly understand depression and you don't truly understand. I understand what the Bible teaches that depression, it might, and I'm not saying that I don't believe in a chemical imbalance that you might have one manifest in your body, but I don't believe it's the cause of depression. I believe it's a manifestation of what's causing your depression, which the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of heaviness. And you know that there's never a time, hear me now, there's never a time that depression is from the Lord. Never a time. Why? Because you know what the Lord gives. He gives joy, the joy of the Lord. There's no such thing as the depression of the Lord. You won't find it in scripture. The depression of the Lord is your... No, there is no depression of the Lord. 
The Lord doesn't make you downcast. He doesn't bring you fear. You know how I know? Which includes anxiety and panic attacks. You know how I know? The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And God is love. So if God is love and perfect love casts out all fear, then fear cannot be from God in any form or fashion. And I don't mean reverential awe, like we fear the Lord. I don't mean that. I mean panic. I mean anxiety. I mean fear. Having to stop and have a panic attack where you can't catch your breath because you're so afraid of, and you, there's, you know it's spiritual because there's not even anything to be afraid of. There are people that go through panic attacks when literally nothing is wrong. There are people that are depressed when there's nothing wrong. Literally, they're not depressed because of an event. They're depressed because they have chronic depression. There's nothing even wrong. It shows you it's a spirit. It's mind blowing. Pam said, I was delivered from the spirit of heaviness. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Now there is a level. There is a type. And we know this now. There is a type. Of problems that affect your mind. That they've already proven. Is because you didn't do the first thing we talked about. Which is take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about the spiritual issue. Where there's no reason. There's not even a reason to be afraid. There's not even a reason to be depressed. And people can't shake it. They can't shake it. It's different to have, now, now let me explain this to Ava and to the, those that are watching and listening. It's very different to cry out to God and have grief over something that's troubling your spirit. What's going on in the world? Sin at large. Your generation going to hell. You know, things that God is against. Your heart breaks for the things that break God's heart. Seeing people that are sick and diseased. Seeing people that are poor and and impoverished can't get out of it. And you're crying out to God and asking God to help them. There's a difference between that and being chronically depressed. There's a difference between that and dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. Hmm. It's a spirit of heaviness. We don't deal with it. We, we've got to use spiritual solutions to spiritual problems. Spiritual solutions for spiritual problems. Don't allow. You know, it wasn't right even when Elijah was downcast. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. Prophet Elijah was in a place where he started asking the Lord, just take me. Tired of all the persecution. Tired of all the issues, tired of all the apostasy, tired of all the idolatry and people that are switching religions and now serving Baal, bowing to Baal. He thought he was the only one left. And the Lord was like, get up, get up. You're not the last one. I've got 3000 that haven't bowed their knee, their knee to Baal. Get up. Right. 
gave him a meal prepared by an angel. Get up. And if he'd not gotten up, I want you to hear this. If he had not gotten up, do you know what would have happened? He would have never found Elisha. Because his understudy, his son in the spirit, was brought to him directly after he came out of that place of depression. You know what the Lord told him? Get up. Get up. I want to show it to you. God, he asked God. I'm in 1 Kings 19. Sorry, I said 3,000. 7,000 in Israel. All the knees that have not bowed to Baal. 7,000 people. You're not the only one. They've not bowed to Baal in every mouth that has not kissed him. And here's Elijah laying around. Just take me. Oh, Lord. Just, just take me. He asked that he might die, saying, it's enough now, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my father's. He said, get up and eat. And there was a, a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel came again and said, arise and eat. The journey's too great for you. He ate and drank. That's how you know having seconds is biblical. <laughs> Went to the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. And the Lord had to speak to him. That's right. You see, lay down and slept, growed up. There's nothing a nap and a snack won't fix. <laughs> Funny. Um, and the Lord had to speak to him. And then he departed, ready to pursue his purpose again. Then what did he do? He goes down and finds Elisha, who's plowing. And the call of Elisha takes place. If, here's what the devil knows. If he can destroy you by depression, anxiety, fear, panic, discouragement, many times he works the hardest to do those things right before your greatest breakthrough happens in life. That was 1 Kings chapter 19, and you can read really the whole chapter, it's the story of him becoming depressed, the angel feeding him, and God speaking to him, and then the call of Elisha. 1 Kings chapter 19. Don't allow the spirit of this world. So, okay, let me give you some practical things since we're coming towards the end. So, okay, all that sounds good. So what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do uh, to make sure that these things aren't happening in my life so that I'm not dealing with that and I don't have to depend on a therapist and I don't have to depend on, on drugs? Yeah, faint not, you Neil. In due season, you shall reap. And so you shouldn't have to depend on all that therapist and drugs. And that what a slap in the face of the Holy Spirit. And see, there's people that are so ignorant. Like they'll write my wife. Sometimes people will write me. Oh, you believe in miracles, huh? You believe in healing. Then what? Do you never go to, you never go to the hospital? Oh, you, no, and here's where they really try to get you. Oh, you really believe that God heals and keeps everything in, in health and wholeness? So do you never go to the dentist? 
People like that are so dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I can't even believe they're still breathing. Because they ignore the very first thing I taught today. Just because you believe in a supernatural God doesn't mean you do stupid things. Oh, you believe in a God that protects, so how come you don't go jogging on Interstate I-95? It's like, because uh, I'm not an idiot. Oh, you believe in a God that protects, then how come you don't jump off the Empire State Building? Because I'm not an idiot. It's what Jesus did. He rebuked the devil for, for asking him to do those things. I go to the dentist because I use wisdom. Same reason I brush my teeth and floss. It's like, I'm not an idiot. I understand in taking care of your body. It blows my mind. And people just want to argue because obviously they've had something in their life that, they, you know, that went wrong and they want to justify it or something. But let me give you some practical things because I don't want you to leave without saying, well, what what can I do then? What should I and can I do? And let me tell you, if you'll read Praise, Laugh, Repeat, you'll get an in-depth teaching on all these things. But let me break it down. Let me break some things down for you. First of all, and I, I talk about this constantly. First of all, you need to praise God daily. Praise him. Praise is the quickest avenue into God's presence because he inhabits your praises. It's the quickest avenue. (laughs) I'm telling you, I watch people's Instagrams, especially people that write the stuff that they write that I see. I watch their Instagram. I watch their accounts. I see what they're doing. The amount of time that they spend doing nonsensical things, the amount of time that they spend binge watching shows that are just a total waste of time and a pollution to their spirit Blows my mind. And then they're all, I need to go to a therapist. I wonder why. Because all the time you've spent, when when was the last time you prayed for an hour in a day? Let's just be very honest about this. When's the last time you prayed for an hour straight? Well, I don't have the time for that. But you have the time to binge watch three episodes of a show in bed with your cat. I'm just telling you, I watch what people do. And then I laugh at the dumb stuff they post online. Well, I don't have time. You know, I'm busy. Yeah, I know what you're busy doing. Wasting your time. Praise God. Take time praising him daily. When you praise him, the Bible says he inhabits your praises. And then in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. Praise him. Get in his presence. There's fullness of joy there. You can't get into his presence and not have fullness of joy with your cat who also suffers from depression. (laughs) You've imparted to your cat. Fullness of joy. Don't tell me the Bible's a lie. Don't tell me that this stuff, well, you know, that's not really what it means. Oh, okay. What does it mean? What does it mean that in his presence is fullness of joy? At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. What does that mean then? Praise God daily. Praise God daily. Secondly, pray. Pray. When was the last time you prayed for an hour straight? We give you the tools in our fasting book. We give you tools in our app. We give you a hundred prayer points. 
When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you spent 30 minutes praying in the Holy Ghost? I mean, with everything else cut off, you're not browsing your phone, you're not praying in the Holy Ghost. When was the last time you cut out time in your schedule to pray in the Holy Spirit, which the Bible teaches that if you do that, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, you are edifying yourself. You are building up yourself. No question. Building up yourself. And so, pray and spend time praying. Number three, and these are all so practical. Yeah, it's practical. Read the word of God. The word of God is joy to your spirit. Jeremiah 15, 16, Jeremiah said, Lord, I found your words and I did eat them. And they became to me the joy and rejoicing of my soul or of my heart. If you don't have a daily Bible reading plan, you need to get in it. Read nine chapters of the New Testament a day. You'll read the New Testament every month. Every month. That's easy. Nine chapters a day. You'll do it in about 20 some minutes. Some days a little longer, 30 minutes. Read nine chapters of the New Testament every day. You'll read the New Testament every month. So praise God. Pray. Read the word daily. It equips you for every good work. Fills you with joy. Praise fills you with joy. Prayer will fill you with joy. Reading the word will fill you with joy. No question. No question. I'll give you another one. Number four. Win souls. Win souls. Be a soul winner. Do you know the joy that comes when you lead just one person to Jesus? Lead just one person to Jesus. And watch as the joy explodes in your soul. Do you know? I mean, it's amazing. Let me show you uh, what happens when souls start getting one. Acts chapter 8. You may have never seen this before, but look what happens when souls start coming into the kingdom. First of all, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when even one soul comes to Christ. But let me show you uh, Acts 8. Acts 8 and verse 4. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them and many who were paralyzed were lame or healed. And there was much joy in the city. Acts 8, 8. So there was much joy and laid hands on them. They all got filled with the Holy Ghost. But before the apostles came, through the salvation, through the signs and wonders, there was great joy in the city. What sparked the joy? Conversions. Conversions did. When you begin to win souls, the joy overflows in your spirit. Part of that is because you're fulfilling your very purpose and call on the earth to win souls. You're fulfilling it. So let me give you the next one, number five. 
engage in your personal purpose. Do what you're called to do. And you know why many people are depressed? They don't even know what they're supposed to do in life. They're lost. They're wandering. I know people like that. I've talked to them when they're like, you know, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And, and it's, it's not a good feeling to have that. It's not a good feeling to have that. But when you begin to operate in your purpose, operate in your purpose and watch what happens. Let me show you. I've used this before, but I want you to see it again. In the very beginning of Nehemiah, listen to this. Um, In Nehemiah chapter 2, the Bible says, starting in verse 1, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. And now I I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad? Seeing you're not sick, this is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. And then he explained why he was downcast. Because his own city, the city of God, Jerusalem, the walls had been torn down. And Nehemiah knew inherently, my purpose is to rebuild the walls. But he wasn't attacking his purpose. He wasn't going after it. And it brought him sadness. And the king, it was so much so that the king noticed it. He said, tell me why you're so sad. Why are you so downcast? It's because I'm not fulfilling my purpose. That's why I'm sitting here giving you wine when I should be rebuilding the walls. And there's people that literally deal with this all the time because they're not attacking their purpose. They're not doing what they're called to do. That's why I love what David said. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God, then dwell in the tents of wickedness. Much rather be a doorkeeper. No question. No question. Praise daily. Pray daily. Read the word daily. Witness and win souls. Attack your purpose. Without question. I'll tell you another one. One of the ones that gives me one of the greatest joys, giving. Putting it down. Sowing brings great joy. Let me read this to you. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I'm going to give you the Amplified because this stirs me up. Go with me. Acts 20, 35. As they're recounting the words of Jesus. Listen. Listen. In everything I have pointed out to you by example, that by working diligently in this manner, we ought to assist the weak, being mindful of the words of the Lord Jesus. What did he say? It is more blessed, makes one happier and more to be envied to give than to receive. Makes one happier and more to be envied. When you begin to bless others, when you begin to give, when you begin to sow, it brings a joy upon your life that can't come any other way. There's something about blessing other people. You go, listen, 
You go and do the studies for yourself. And you look at the um, emotional, mental effects of benevolence. You go look at it. Do you know, this is mind-blowing to me. This really is mind-blowing because it really, it, it shows this principle to scale. Do you know one of the things that they tell people who are uh, depressed or battling that kind of heaviness? I was reading this and it kind of blew my mind because it brought me back to this. They tell them to get some kind of an animal that they can care for. They, they, you know, whether it's your dog, whether it's your cat, whatever, whatever it is, they tell them to get some sort of an animal that they can care for because in the caring for that animal, in the, you know, taking care, feeding it, you know, walking it, spending time with it, petting it, whatever, all of those things, there's an actual mental and emotional benefit that people experience in the natural realm from taking care of something else. It's mind blowing. What are you doing? You're just giving. You're giving of your time. You're giving of your strength. You're giving of your emotion. And when you bless others, joy begins to hit you. Joy begins to hit you. I mean, if you're battling that, why don't you do something for somebody? Why don't you go and begin to serve? Serve at your church. Serve in your community. Begin to bless others. Bless others. Give. Literally, when you give, there's a joy that comes upon you. More blessed, blessed, happier, and more to be envied is the one who gives rather than the one who receives. It's a greater, giving's a greater level than receiving. It's a greater level. So I'm just telling you today, this is such an important broadcast and I don't even think people understand how important this is. Don't diagnose spiritual issues and give them natural answers. Don't do that. It'll persist forever. You have to deal with spiritual things spiritually. You take authority over depression, anxiety, and fear. Why do you think the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear? Oh, you think what the Holy Ghost misspoke? You think the Holy Ghost misspoke? Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Don't write that down. Paul, don't write that down. Cross that out. No. The Holy Spirit said what he meant and he meant what he said. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind or self-control or a well-able spirit. And so you got to realize and, and discern things are spiritual. I'm going to pray for people at the end of this broadcast because I know there's people that are battling. I know there's people that are going through stuff. I get messages on my phone. I know, I know you, you have requests and are believing God. I'm here for you. I'm here to pray with you, stand with you. I don't want to see people suffer. I don't want to see, but that's what makes me so upset about ministers that stand in the pulpit and get and prescribe the wrong things to people. People getting up, telling people to just, just go get vaccinated. Just go, go to get a therapist. Just go get antidepressants. You might as well just go do something else. Stop being a preacher. You're wasting everybody's time.
But I want to pray because I'm telling you, these things that if they've held on to your life and held on to your family, they have to loose their grip and let you go in the mighty name of Jesus. So Father, we come to you today in the mighty name that's above every name, Jesus, who is the Christ. And we ask you today to touch your people. Now I take authority over a spirit of heaviness, spirit of depression. I take authority over a spirit of fear and anxiety. I rebuke it today in Jesus name. Lord, I pray that a fresh joy and as they pursue you, as they come into your presence with praise and prayer and the word of God, as they attack their purpose and win souls and do what you've called them to do. And as they sow, as they give, I thank you, Lord, that a new joy and a new peace is coming upon their lives. In Jesus' name, let there be a turnaround today. Touch them. Let peace that passes all understanding come upon their family and their home. Let a joy that overflows come upon them today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we give you honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, and if you believe it, somebody throw a cry laughing emoji in the comment section. If you believe that and receive that prayer today, Somebody throw some cry laughing emojis up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tomorrow's going to be a good day. Brand new kids uh, videos out. I'll be back with you. Carolyn's live in the afternoon at 2 o'clock p.m. It's going to be a full day. We've got plenty of content for you tomorrow. I see a lot of people receiving it with cry laughing emojis in the comments. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to stop for a second and thank all of our Miracle Word partners, our Victory Tribe. I want to thank you for standing with Carolyn and with me. We really, really appreciate you. I have your names in my phone. I pray for you. Pray for your family. Thank you for praying for us and thank you for sowing on a monthly basis to stand with us. Uh, I really, really appreciate you. We really, really do love you. We've got some things that are going to be coming to you here in the near future, but I wanted to take this moment to say thank you because I do love you. And those of you that are watching and listening, I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry. If you've not done so yet, but you're being blessed by all that we're doing, would you ask yourself, what is it that I could do on a monthly basis to sow seed and to pray for Ted and Carolyn and the team? Uh, to see the call of God carried out on the earth, to see a generation touched and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. What we've prayed for, as you well know, is that uh, we'd have a thousand people that would stand with us at $85 or more each month. And it continues to grow every day, every week. But I'm asking you to ask yourself and ask the Lord, what could I do? What could I sow to stand with them every single month? And there is a difference between partnering monthly and sowing a one-time seed. We're encouraging people to stand with us every single month. Best way to do it is go to miracleword.com, click on the partner page, and fill out that form and determine what it is you can do. I understand there's people. We've had people that have joined with us that when they started, they couldn't start at the $85 level, but they started where they could, and God quickly increased them and blessed them, and now they're going beyond that. What can you do today in faith, that'll bring that blessing back on your life and that will send the gospel out. And uh, for those of you that are doing that, I say thank you. And there's other ways you can sow as well. If you're sowing a one-time seed, uh, 
all of the different things you can see on the screen and on the website, you'll see all of them. But um, thank you, Jackie. We love you. I wanted to uh, tell you that for those of you that are sewing, obviously this month of June, two things we've made available is Bible Doctrines by PC Nelson and Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity for $85 or more that you're sewing. Uh, fill out the form at miracleword.com forward slash offer so that we can get you the book. And um, <laughs> I think Kim meant now. <laughs> she said, it's official. I'm not a real estate broker. <laughs> I think she meant I'm now a real estate broker. Well, congratulations to Kim Hughes, who I believe is now a real estate broker and not not. I don't know why you would be announcing the official standing of not being one, unless you quit your job and you just came on to quit. I am no longer a real estate broker. And I just want to just rejoice about it here on the broadcast. Uh, but congratulations to Kim Hughes. I am now, I, I thought it was now. Congratulations, Kim. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to show you a picture of the Elite Study Collection because we have it and uh, it's beautiful. It's filled with great, great material. This is the Elite Study Collection for anybody that's sewing a one-time seat of $5,000 or more. People give largely. We have people that sew, uh, you know, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 more. It's important. It moves your faith. But we wanted to have a way to say thank you for those that are standing at those larger levels. And this is it, the Elite Study Collection. I love this box filled with the best study materials that I can get into your hands in a custom keepsake box. We've wrapped it for you. We've got a message for you inside. We love you. We appreciate you. And that's what we're sending to everybody that's standing at $5,000 or more this year. And then of course, those that are sewing $1,000 or more, we're sending you the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible along with the book this month to say thanks. We do love you so, so very much. Again, I've been saying this, um, Sign up on text. I'd love to hear from you via, via text message. It's very easy to do. Go to miracleword.com forward slash text and sign up to be a part of the text family. The reason I'm getting everybody to do this not, is not only because I stay in touch with you, but I also want to tell you that we have some really cool things that are getting ready to drop. And this is where you're going to find out first by text. If you're not a part of the text family, uh, you're going to be late to the game, probably by about a week or so, maybe even more, uh, because these uh, these are some pretty sweet things. I'm so excited for them to come in. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But this is where you get information on all of the new stuff that's dropping. And we've got some brand new, uh, well, I don't want to say it, but I know, don't get nervous. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say a thing. Uh, this is how you do it, Gina. You go to Miracle Word. Can you put it on the screen for them? You go to MiracleWord.com forward slash text. MiracleWord.com forward slash text. Kim's in the text family. This is where you go. You fill out the form. What that does is it puts your contact info into my phone book, in my phone. And then you get a text. It's from me. It's not from a bot. It's not from someone else in the office. These come to my phone. I send the texts. So we're talking together. We're staying in touch. Um, and that's where you do it, right on the website. 
We want you to do it because I want to stay in touch with you. I want to hear from you. I want you to be able to hear from me, but also we've got some of these new, new things coming up. One of the things I'll do is when I text you, sometimes when we're traveling, I'll just shoot a quick video of me and the family, maybe a minute, minute and a half, 90 seconds, just to kind of let you know what's up. What, we don't post that on uh, online. We don't post it on social. It comes just to my, my family, the, the Victory Tribe. So love to have you be a part of it. And uh, I know we'll, you'll enjoy it. We can stay. I, I get to hear your, your prayer requests. I get to pray for you personally. And um, I love to do that. I love every one of you. Have a powerful and a wonderful day. I will see you again in the morning. And then Carolyn will see you tomorrow afternoon, 10.30 a.m., 2 p.m., have a great Tuesday. We'll see you again tomorrow. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.